All right. Are we on here, Bob? The other mic, the Sam likes the lapel one, and uh, I like the headset one. So anyway, I'm glad you all are here this morning. Um, we're going to read a lot of scripture this morning to, to form the truth, the thoughts of what we're going to talk about. Um, I think I'm forgetting something. Kids. We're getting them out of here, right? <laughs> Moms, are kids behaving? Are they behaving? I have a couple kids shaking their head no because they... <laughs> Because they want to, I think it's beneficial if you can, uh, kids, if you, I, how, many, how many of you kids have your Bible with you? You have your Bible, raise it up. Amen. That's awesome. All right. Let's go ahead and try this. <laughs> turn with me if you will to first samuel chapter number 14 kids if you have your bible go ahead and turn to first samuel chapter number 14 first samuel chapter number 14 we have a couple of really interesting stories that we're going to read about talk about 1 Samuel chapter number 14. <clears throat> I'm going to read quickly. You listen along quickly. Amen. Here we go. Verse 1. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines uh, garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. Uh, picture this. There's 600 men with King Saul and Jonathan and his armor bearer there. And uh, they're, they're up against the Philistine army here. Uh, <laughs> Thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, here we go. Verse 3. And Ahiah, the son of uh, Ahitub, and Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest, and Shiloh, 
wearing an ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by uh, which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other uh, is the other Sene. The, the forefront of the one was uh, situate northward over again uh, Michmash, and the other uh, southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. And they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, and we will stand in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves under the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they have hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor-bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer slew after them. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men within, as it were, an half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was a trembling in the host in the field, and among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked. So it was a very great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. Then said Saul unto the people that were with him, Number now and see who is gone from us. When they had numbered, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. And Saul said unto Ahiah, Bring hither the ark of God. For the ark of God was at that time with the children of Israel. And it came to pass, while Saul talked unto the priest, that the voice or that noise that was in the host of the Philistines went on and increased. And Saul said unto the priest, Withdraw thine hand. And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to battle. And behold, every man's sword was against this against his fellow, and there was a very great uh, disfiture, or dis, discomfiture. More, moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them under the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with the Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel which had hid themselves uh, in Mount Ephraim, uh, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto Beth-haven. Here we see a story of how Saul had brought 600 men and Jonathan and Jonathan's armor-bearer to, to go out and to look at uh, the Philistines to kind of get an idea of what's going on. Thousands with the Philistines, 600 the 600 were, were hid, they were, they were staying away, and Jonathan says to his armor bearer, down in verse 6, I think it's awesome, 
it may be that the Lord will work for us. Look at the wording. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Here we see a young man. His dad's the king. But he takes on the responsibility of taking charge. But he doesn't do it alone. He tells his armor bearer, God can save by many or by few. Let's see what God can do. And in verse 23, so the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle passed over. Turn with me now, if you will, to Exodus chapter number 19. Another story of someone working with God here. Verse 1, 19. Uh, in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. How many of you remember the, the, the story of Mount Sinai, kids? What was, what was the Mount Sinai known for? Andrew. Say it louder. It's where Moses got the Ten Commandments. That's right. What's that? He rose his hand. Everybody recognized Randall rose his hand. Thank you, Randall. Mount Sinai was known for, and, and this is the story of that. Uh, verse 2. For they were departed from uh Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched on the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. Now, now picture with me how many at this time were with the children of Israel. Historians say million and a half to two million people. So they're in this wilderness. They all pitch a, pitch a tent at the base of this mountain. So it's not just some little camping down at Tippecanoe. Uh, no, we're talking, this is a huge ordeal. Moses says, come with me, I'm going to the mount, and uh, God wants to talk to me there. And if I said, hey, everybody come with me, I'm going to this mountain, and uh, God's going to talk to me. And I'm sure I might, I might get a few, and others might be like, sure, God's going to talk to you on a mountain, right? You know, uh, but here again, Moses is leading the children. He has uh, uh, taken them out of Egypt, um, crossed the Red Sea. Now he's at Mount Sinai. And here we have uh, verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord God, uh, Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. 
These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, <clears throat> excuse me, and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. Think with me again. There's, there's a million and a half to two million people here. And so, yes, there will be skeptics. And so God's saying, hey, let's clear this up. Yes, I've already been a, a pillar uh, of, of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. And, and we put manna on the ground. He's like, but, you know, I, you're the one that I want leading these people by my direction, obviously. So, hey, let's clear this up so they know that, the words that I'm saying to you are coming straight from me. They see it. They hear it. And in verse <clears throat> 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. Um, down to verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that ye not go up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. He's saying, hey, when, when you go up, no matter what's happening up here, you tell the people, hey, don't go Go up the mountain, don't even touch the rim of it. Otherwise, you would, they will die. There shall not in hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Uh, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. Then the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives, and it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice uh, of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in, a, in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds upon the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest they break forth upon them. So Moses went down to the people and spake. Unto them. We see Moses going up and meeting with God. And we see the, the awesome 
surroundings, this, this mountain covered in, in, in a thick haze of smoke. Why? Because God came down in a pillar of fire to meet with Moses. Now, was this the first time Moses had met with God? Someone help me. No. Where had God met with Moses before? The burning bush. This wasn't the first time that uh, uh, God had appeared to Moses. And it wouldn't be the last. Further on in Exodus, uh, Moses pleads with God to see him. I want to see you. I believe that's Exodus 33 or 34. And, and he's saying, if nothing else, uh, uh, you know, just, just let me see the back uh, of you. I just want to see your glory. But here we see uh, uh, Moses meeting with God again. And, it, and it's very evident and all the children, the millions of children of Israel here are seeing Moses meet with God. He comes down and he shares the word of the Lord with them in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. And we see how these people here in the Old Testament, and there's, and there's more instances of God meeting with and and working through individuals. We see King David and, and slaying Goliath. And we see time and time and time again, God meeting with and working through these Old Testament figures. Turn with me, if you would, now to 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Chapter number 3, 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Verse 2, Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifested, manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. What is sufficiency? Someone help me. What is sufficiency? having everything we need. We are not sufficient in and of ourselves. Our sufficiency, our supply comes from God. Our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. And, and this is referring to here in, in Exodus when Moses went up to see God. When Moses came down, the Bible says that his face glowed to where the children of Israel could not look upon his face. It glowed because of him being in the presence of God. Verse 8, 
how shall not the ministration of the Spirit, here it's correlating us with, uh, meeting with the Spirit of God in, in correlation to Moses meeting with God on the Mount of Sinai. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. It's talking about how, hey, just because this happened to these Old Testament figures, it's the Spirit of God wants to meet with us today. How much greater does the Spirit of God want to work through us and in us today? Kids, God wants to work in you and through you. It's not just a book. It's not just words on a page. The Bible is alive, and God wants to work through us. He wants to talk to us through his word. That's why it's so important at an early age, listen, 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 girls, uh, that, that we're, we're paying attention to God's word, that we're hiding his word in our heart. Girls, look up here, that we're hiding his word in our heart. Why? Because we have to have the Spirit working in us. Yes, Moses met with God. Yes, uh, uh, Jonathan. Man, he took on a whole Philistine army with him and his armor bearer. Yes, he ended up with backup, but he started out. Just him and his buddy. Let's go, man. God can, God can save by many or by few. Let's accomplish great things for God. Boy, where, where did the spirit, the, the enthusiasm, <laughs> terrible, uh, enthusiasm, tongue tangled there. <clears throat> where did the enthusiasm for doing something for God go? I want my kid to be a, a contributing member of society. And yes, I 100% do. But man, whatever happened to us having a, a vision for our children to do something for God, to be, whatever happened to, hey, let's prepare our children. Man, I'm preaching to myself here this morning, so don't think for one second that I'm, I'm talking down. No, we're, we're just talking about Scripture here, all right? <clears throat> we're just sharing the Word of the Lord here. <clears throat> and, and, and whatever happened to us, we, we got to train our children to do something for God. How do we do that? Well, if you notice in Scripture, before these big events happen, what happened before? Moses and God, they were spending time together. Jonathan wouldn't have had the courage to go against the Philistine army had he not been cultivating his faith with God. Faith is an action verb. If I believe, it will move me to action. And I got to be honest. I got to be transparent with you. My faith is not always up to par what it ought to be. Boy, but every day we should be working at it. 
Just because we fail one day doesn't mean we, do, we, pick our, we better pick ourselves back up and get back to what God wants us to do. I was having a conversation this week, and, and, and one of the misnomers that we have oftentimes with, uh, with sin is the fact that, man, I sinned. Well, I got to go back all the way to square one, start all over again. If I'm on a trip to Florida, all right, I'm going to see family down in Florida. If I'm going to paradise down in Florida here, uh, where I can do some real good fishing and uh, see some the ocean, and I get a flat tire or my engine blows in Tennessee, does it mean I have to come all the way back to Indiana to start my trip over again? No. Yet sometimes when we fail, and we will, we feel like, man, I got to start all over again. No. We pick ourselves up from where we're at, and we continue on this journey. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Guess what? got the, the engine fixed, I'm going to make sure there's oil in it next time, right? So that the rods don't, don't both blow, you know? Hey, we cleaned it up. We got it fixed. Continuing on, on down the road. But you see, that, that was a rabbit trail, but, but back to the, the truth here, Moses and Jonathan and, and David, we see them picking themselves back up and continuing on, and God doing great things with them and through them. And the Bible is talking about, hey, those things still apply to you today. Yes, they happened 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. But today, God wants to do something in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to work in you today. He didn't just want to work in Jonathan's life. He didn't just want to meet with Moses uh, in a burning bush and in a mountain twice. He God wants to meet with you today. He wants to talk to you today. He wants to accomplish great things through you and with you today. It wasn't these truths are not obsolete. This is a living book. These truths are still good for us today. I mentioned in Sunday school this morning that we need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh anointing. What do I mean by that? Think of, think of, uh, of, of some type of event that, that maybe you've had in your life and and uh, you were excited for, you prepared for. For instance, okay, so Isaiah's he's he's marching. Hopefully next week, right? And uh, and he's he's going to graduate. He prepared for that. He's going to put on that cap and gown, and he's going to march. He's going to graduate. The excitement's going to be there. When a, when a couple gets married, 
the excitements there, the preparations there, all the frilly dresses and the, the men dress up in a tuxedo and, and they look real nice and preppy and they, they decorate the auditorium and, or, or outside wherever they have the, the, the wedding at. They prepare, they memorize vows, they, uh, maybe they, they have a song that they're singing. They prepare. I'm talking about we need a fresh anointing. We need to have that, that giddiness, that excitement to go spend time with God like we would the first baseball game we ever went to. Or, or a specific show we wanted to go see and we got there early and we, we, we saved our seats to make sure we got the best seat. We're excited. We got our popcorn. We got our, our, our Pepsi or our Mountain Dew. Drinking our greens, right? No. <laughs> Side note. ADHD. Yep. No. Uh, Reel it back in, Dave. Um, but no, we, we prepare for these things. We get excited about things. But when it comes to the things of God, we're lackluster at best. We're, we're, we're checking the box. And I, I got to admit, sometimes I'm there too. But we need a fresh anointing. We need to come back to the point where where God was fresh to us, that he was, he was exciting, that we, that we looked at the God's word and said, man, what can I get today? What does God want for me today? Boy, God's mercies are new every morning. What does he want for me today? I don't care how old you are, kids. God wants to talk to you today. You may be six, you may be nine, you may be 12, you may be 15. It doesn't matter. God wants to talk to you today. Old and young. Jonathan was a young man. David, when he fought Goliath, a teenage boy. Where did David get that courage? It was cultivated. David didn't just get up one day and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go fight the Philistines. I'm going to go against Goliath, the biggest man. David's a small dude. I'm going to go against the biggest man, the man that's trained in war. David, not trained in war, didn't have a sword, didn't have a shield. In fact, all of Saul's armor was too heavy. He couldn't move, if you remember the story. Where did he get that courage? It didn't happen overnight. Jonathan's courage to take on the Philistines didn't happen overnight. Moses didn't get a phone call from God saying, hey, come up to the mountain. That didn't happen overnight. Moses in the burning bush didn't happen over. This was a cultivation here. And that same God that, 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 that we see these Old Testament uh, individuals cultivate relationships, he wants to have that relationship with you today. We need a fresh anointing. We need to come back to that place where God was fresh and real. And, and remember the time when you got saved, when you realized, hey, guess what? I don't have to pay for my sins. Woo! They're paid for. Jesus paid it all to him, I owe, right? That moment when we're like, hey, boy. God is so good. 
we had that, er, that, that yearning to dive into his word and to learn what does God want in my life? Be excited for it. Being prepared for it. If we, back in 1 Samuel 14, who were the only two out of 600 that were ready to go to battle? Jonathan and his armor bearer. The rest of them were hid in caves, sleeping under a tree. They didn't even know they were gone. Saul says, hey, do a head count, man. I think we're missing somebody. He didn't even realize his own son was gone. How many parents have been there before? <laughs> I kid, but I'm for real. No. Uh, seriously, though, who were the only two? Jonathan and his arm. They were prepared out of 600. Hey, guess what? There might be a lot of people around you unprepared to serve the Lord, but guess what? It's your responsibility to be prepared. Get ready. Be prayed up. Had that zeal, that, that, that time in the Word. Not, not checking boxes. Oh, I, re I read my proverb for the day, and I recommend it. I really do. It'll help you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. A proverb every day, a psalm every day, an act, a, a book from Acts, uh, a chapter from Acts every those are Those are good starters. But boy, it, it shouldn't be just checking boxes. It's a relationship. As I was talking in Sunday school, hey, guess what? If I got a best friend, I want to tell everybody about it. It just flows out. It pours out. I can't help but talk about my friend. I can't help but talk about what he's done for me. I'm overflowing. And that's what the Spirit of God is supposed to be in our life. Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine when there's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Filled, overflowing. Man, I got so much. I just, oh, it's just flowing over. I can't contain it. You ever seen a, a, a kid trying to use an ice cream machine at the buffet and it gets stuck and it's all overflowing and he's trying to put it, heap it back up on his ice cream cone? Man, the Holy Spirit in our life is supposed to be overflowing. We can't help it. It's just flowing out everywhere. That's supposed to be the Holy Spirit in our life. The work that we do for him is the overflow. We can't help it. It's the byproduct. It's the outward expression of that inward change going on. In order to have that zeal for God, we have to be with him. Got to be with him. Got to be spending time with him. I'm not going to have any zeal for him. I'm not talking to them. Kids, church isn't going to be a big deal for you if God's not a big deal for you. God's not going to be a big deal if you're not spending time with them. 
zeal for God to be with him, to work with him. God wants to work with you. He has chosen us to work for him. He paid for your sins and mine, and then he said, hey, guess what? I want to use you for my glory. Isn't that awesome? The man who, the, the individual who spoke the world into existence. I was talking to my kids this week about uh, the, the order that got such precision and order of creation. Everything he did back in Genesis. And God said, and it was so. Then he looked at it and said, man, that's good. Everything, order. The more we look into science, the more we realize, wow, God is awesome. You look at the DNA and the different strings in, in your DNA and, and how certain, certain little uh, strings in the DNA are, are literally light switches for things going on in our body. There's basically a light switch in there that turns on and off cancer-fighting cells. There, there's, and it's, it's mind-boggling. The intricate detail that God went through and he spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light. And where is that light coming from? It's this ball of fire up in the sky, millions of light years away. And, and guess what? I'm going to put it just the right distance away from this round ball that we call Earth, I'm going to put it the right distance away that it lights this thing. And you know what? I'm going to spin it too. So the whole thing gets some light, gets some dark. The people can, 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 uh, can be awake for a certain portion of the day and sleep for another portion. And you, the more you delve into science, the more you realize this is unbelievable what God has done for us, the order that he has done. God wants to work with us. He wants to work through us. Boys, look up here. He wants to work through us. In order to do all that, though, we have to be listening. We have to be listening to the Spirit of God. I came across a, a cool story this just a day ago, something that Pastor had shared. There's these two lawyers that had gone to a, a remote area for a, a, a court something or other. And they, they finish up with their, their court date and they're, they got to fly to a main city and, and then back home. They get to this airport to, to fly out to the main city and there's this pastor there he says hey you know what i flew my little plane up here why don't you guys save your ticket save your money just hop in the plane with me and we'll head we'll head to the main airport the lawyers were like you know what don't worry about it we're going to take the big plane anyway pastor continued press them hey no just come with me just come with me come with me Finally, they reluctantly decided, you know what? All right, we'll go with you. So they walk up on this small, small airplane, and 
and it's all shiny on the outside. It looks to be in great working order. They, the, the pilot went through all the, the checks and made sure everything was up to par, everything was, was good, working properly. He's like, all right, let's get in. So the two lawyers hopped in, the pastor hopped in, they taxi on the runway, they take off. Everything's good. Everything's operating properly. They they're up in the in the in the clouds for or they're they're up in the sky for a few minutes. Some cloud coverage is coming. And the pastor looks over at the lawyer and he's like, um, I hate to tell you this, but um, when it gets cloudy, I can't see. I pass out. The lawyer's like, and now you tell me that it's been cloudy all day. We get up here in the sky, in the clouds, and now you're telling me you're going to pass out. This lawyer and the other lawyer had no pilot experience, had never flown a plane before. And this, this pastor is telling this lawyer, hey, guess what? I'm going to pass out. He said, sure enough, his head cocks back, eyes roll into his head, and he's out. Lawyer looks at the other guy, he's like, uh, one lawyer said to the other, uh, we're going to die today, right? He's like, that's a good possibility. They pick up the radio and they're trying to call for, uh, for backup and, and didn't know any radio etiquette or anything like that. They're hello, hello. And, and someone ended up coming over the radio saying, hey, you not know radio etiquette? And they're like, no, we don't. We've never flown a plane before, but the pilot that's here is incapacitated. He said he tried smacking them awake and nothing. And so uh, he's like, you know what? Uh, we're going to have to, we need help. And uh, it was, it was a, a pilot for a, a cargo plane. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call down to the, to the main airport. And I'm going to have the, 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 air, um, the air control operator guide you in. Because at this point, they're 100% cloud coverage, can't see anything. Moment or two later, the the operator comes over and he says, "Guys," he said, "more than anything right now, I want you to listen to my voice. I can guide you in, but I need you to listen to my voice. You're going to have all kinds of other voices talking to you. You'll hear different radio chatter coming over the radio waves, but more than anything, I need you to listen to my voice. I can get you in here." We can land the plane safely, but he's like, I can see you. You can't see me, but I can see you. Listen to my voice. Everything's going to be okay. And over the course of the next little while, this operator talked these lawyers, taught them, directed them what they needed to do to land that little airplane at the main airport. When they landed, the operator came over and he said, you know, I have many people that die because they don't listen to my voice. Thank you for listening to my voice. God's up there. We can't see him. He sees us. He knows what's going on in our life. All we need to do is listen to his voice. We can crash and burn. We've seen that before. 
Or we can listen to his voice and land safely. In our lives, God wants to do great things. He wants to have an amazing friendship with you and I. He wants to be, boys, he wants to be your best friend. He wants you to lean on him. And he do great things with your life. But you have to be listening to his voice. This morning, I want to challenge every one of us. We need that fresh anointing. We need that zeal, that excitement. Man, I get to, I'm going to, I'm going to set time aside this morning or this evening, whenever you do your uh, devotions. I'm going to set time aside so I can spend it with God. Let me remind you, we have time for whatever we really want to have time for. If we want to have time for something, we'll make time for it. Oftentimes we'll say, yeah, well, I don't have enough time. But we make time for the things we really want to have time for. Let me remind you of that. Let's set aside time and be excited. Boy, I get to spend time with him. I'm going to get something out to write with because I, want to, I don't want to forget what God's telling me. I want to write it down. I want to remember it. I want to apply it because he can see everything that's going on. Yeah, I'm in the cloud coverage. I can't see what's going on. I don't know how to operate this plane. I'm just up here floating in the sky. God's that air control operator saying, hey, just listen to my voice. I'm not going to steer you wrong. I know how to help you land. I know how to help you get where you're supposed to go. You got to do it with him. Moses and met with God. Jonathan, working with God. David, working with God, walking with God. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with us day in and day out. He wants to do great things with us. We've got to be listening. We've got to be spending time with Him so we can arrive at the destination that God has for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed.